0: Shalom, welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host Natalie Sapinski. I'm speaking to you a few days before Sunday's live show, which is July 16th, but I'm actually recording. Uh, Today is actually July 14th. It's Friday. Um, This is a recorded show. This is a recorded segment. And um, I, uh, I had something I wanted to talk to you about. I had a very difficult week. And I have an interview also to play for you about someone who had a very difficult start here, making Aliyah, Avram, from India. So we're going to play that for you in a little bit. Um, But uh, I just want to tell you um, what happened to me this week, just so you all hear there is an adjustment to living in Israel, and there are good parts and there are hard parts, and I just suffered through a hard part. I had my first car accident this week. In a rod, I was hit by a taxi cab in a parking lot right outside the mall at night. It was dark. I was turning uh, down one lane and he hit me from the left side, crashed into the door. I'm fine. My daughter was with me. She's fine. The driver was fine. Damage to the car. Okay, his bumper fell off and my right, my left uh, door, my driver's door is bashed in. Um, but I could drive and I was able to drive home and um, now I'm handling it through insurance or maybe not, not sure. But even that is stressful, and the whole thing was stressful, and I was shaking afterwards, and I was so upset, and the, the whole following day I was upset, and I actually recorded my thoughts to all of you, and um, was going to play that instead. And it was pretty much me just going through the different kind of complaints I have about living here alone, and not having anybody handle these problems for me. and. I even talk about one time when um, my husband was in the hospital and I had to go handle that. And, you know, it it is hard to be here by yourself. It's hard to be here without an advocate or somebody to just take over when you're in these hard, stressful situations. Um, It's hard. And it's part of, I think, adulthood. I think it's something we all have to learn to deal with at one time or another, whether in Israel or not. It, It doesn't matter where you are. We grow up. And the responsibilities fall onto our shoulders. We can't rely on other people to handle them for us. We can't sit in the corner and pretend they're not happening. We can't play dumb. We have to be sharp. And it's hard when it's you. You're you're directly involved. And that's a skill I'm going to have to work on. And that's something all of us should work on. Those of you making Aliyah and for the first time in your lives, having to learn a new language or maybe having to deal with a new... Um, set of friends, you know, making yourselves accepted in a new community, um, let alone the the difficulty with maybe opening a new bank account and doing all this in a foreign language, um, dealing with a mortgage, dealing with uh, health, dealing with your service providers, you know, all of this as a foreigner. So it is hard. And, and Avram tells his story in a few minutes. I'll play that for you. And he had, you know, problems really as soon as he left the airport, um, the poor guy but he's still here. Um, But we all have these things. And I, I was trying, when I spoke to you earlier, and I didn't play the recording, but I was asking, why was I in this car accident? Hashem does everything for a reason. What is he trying to tell me? What is the lesson here? And I would talk and come up with these different answers. And one of them was, maybe I'm supposed to simplify my life. Maybe I'm supposed to be stronger. Maybe this is just another incident to make me build on myself. Um, I I didn't know. But I think my husband said it best this morning. He told me I need to slow down. And that is a problem I have. I do things quickly. I react quickly when it comes to me. When it's other people, I can take my time. I'm okay waiting. And I even tell my husband, when you're in a situation and they want an answer, you say to them, let me check with my wife. Um, And I have to learn to do the same thing. I have to slow down. And um, I rushed to the insurance company, and I rushed to uh, contact everybody and answer everybody's questions, and I, uh, I, I need to slow down. I really didn't even really need to go out that day. I didn't need to go out that night. I didn't need to go to that parking lot. I could have parked where I usually do, which is like on a side street. Um, There was a lot going on, and it was at the end of the day. And maybe Hashem is telling me to slow down. And maybe some of you out there who are trying to do a million things, preparing for Aliyah or preparing for your new life once you're here, and you're trying to cover all your bases, maybe that's a lesson for all of us to to slow down and take a breath, take a deep breath. We can't do it all, and it's okay to take our time with things. It's okay to take your time answering questions, and you don't always have to rush, and not everything is quickly fixed, you know? Um, I have to learn to do that. So what did I do? I figured this out uh, this morning, that that's the lesson, And I jumped over here to record this quickly so that I got it out so I wouldn't forget. And there are people like that. Um, A friend of mine the other day was with me. And as I'm talking to her and asking her about something, she's texting on her phone right away. And I said, you don't have to do this now. And she said, if I don't do it now, I'll forget and I won't do it at all. So that's what a lot of us do. We rush to get things done quickly because if we don't do them right away, we'll forget and we won't get to them at all. Um, so maybe there's something we can do about that so that we don't react so quickly. Sometimes taking that time to not do gives us time to think it over. You know, um, sometimes our first response isn't the correct response. There's something good in taking your time. Thank goodness for Shabbat. It kind of forces us to take our time. And those of you who keep Shabbat know what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, maybe you should give it a try. It really forces you to disconnect and take your time. And I love it. We have a group coming this Shabbat. I'll be meeting with them, a group from Nishmat, um, a summer program for women will be coming here to Susia that I'll meet and take them around. And um, I'll be going to Toronto in a few weeks to meet with the community there, a wonderful pro-Zionist community in Thornhill and I'll be speaking at Esha Torah and at a Chabad women's group and a few other places and if any of you listening live there, I'd love to meet you so please reach out um, you can reach me at Natalie at com, and uh, that would be great but I'm going to play for you now um, the interview I had with Avram and you can hear a very difficult Alia and you know these are small things that he's talking about at the beginning that are fresh in his mind that I was able to capture but we all have difficulties at the beginning we all do and what happens is over time we forget them that's all we laugh them off so um, I'll be playing that for you. Hello Avram.
1: Shalom.
0: All right so Avram, Avram Shalom Fans Parker. Sarpurkar. Okay well you say it you say it much nicer than I do.
1: <laughs> it's a bit challenging to pronounce it's a beautiful name but it's 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 a it's a twister to you know pronounce it. Say it again. Uh, oh Oh Freddy, Fansapurkar.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay.
1: Fantastic.
0: Okay so Avram um Thanks for joining us today. I, I understand you've been in Israel since June 14th and you are in Ashdod. And uh, you're in Ashtod at the Absorption Center, Beit Canada.
1: Correct, you're right.
0: I have driven by it several times. It's big. It's a big building. Tell tell me the process. What was it like when you got here?
1: The only challenge is uh, getting a Beit Canada. So I'm the only one, Ben Israeli really Jewish from India, who is in Beth Canada.
0: Who else is there?
1: Uh, there are people from Russia, Argentina. All right. Olim. Uh, they're from uh, some from France.
0: How many approximately um, apartments are there?
1: Uh, they're approximately on a on floor. It's like 36. It's three floors.
0: Wow. That's 100 people. It's 100 families.
1: Yeah, it's 36, 36 on the floor. It's that's
0: a lot. Yeah. It looks like a big building. Nice,
1: yeah. The small, small flat, small, small rooms. There, they, this is actually mainly for the family as well as the singles. For family, they, they have a better uh, rooms or bigger rooms. And for singles, okay, like I stay with uh, share a room with a guy from Argentina.
0: Okay, and you have a kitchen and a little salon and a bathroom and a shower, um, right?
1: I can say 70 80 square feet. We have this thing. Uh, it's a straight walk. You you don't have big uh, you know any bedroom or something. You have just one uh, straight room, rectangular room that is divided into uh, you know two beds, two cupboards, a smaller one, and one cupboard, not two cupboard, one cupboard, one washroom, and a uh, small kitchen attached. Once you open the door.
0: Okay, so it's small, so that's it fine. It's a, it's a yeah, it's a place to start.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's no complaints on it.
0: All right um let's see i know i had some questions prepared how did you get there from the airport you said it was a little bit complicated
1: okay once i landed in israel i was uh i i was uh you know taken care of by the uh the the jewish agency people okay they took me they took me to their office where they handed over me the sim card okay a free sim card second thing they handed me over my uh uh what do you say, uh, not Tula Tola Tula tola tola or Zuhut. something like that.
0: Tulaut? No. Uh,
1: no Tula they, uh, they gave me a document, okay, at the airport.
0: That's what a document showing your identification?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Tula.
0: Tula
1: Zot. Tula Zot, Okay. Okay. And after which uh they gave handed me uh cash in shekels to carry my transactions for a few uh, for the days. I stay till I get my next uh, amount in my account. Very nice. Third, they book a free cab. Free, uh, free cab. Okay, from the place from airport till your destination.
0: Okay, taxi. Good. So you okay. got there. Okay, so you get there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm in. which Thank is not far.
0: One hour from the airport for you. Not, not so bad. Okay, so that's not hard. And then, how about your? You know, you get there. They show you, the person is greeting you. You get to your apartment you meet your
1: roommate uh, no the, the person was pretty uh, the security. It's, it's there's no one to take care of it here nor from the Jewish agency at the Beth Canada or any Beth Canada person as nobody uh, designated. only security is available and the security was not able to understand me oh okay and yeah so uh, luckily I had someone who could speak English and you could convert him in Hebrew
0: what do you mean you had somebody
1: um, no, I, I I just was trying to converse him that I actually reached at the, from the airport of Israel. I reached Beth, Canada at 11, 11.30. At night? While checking out. Yes, yes, absolutely at night.
0: So you got there at 11.30 at night. You could not speak a word of Hebrew and security would not let you in?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh,
0: God. So who did you get to help? Uh, and,
1: the part, and the funniest part was that the cab driver was hurrying. Okay, and this person is not getting me keys. So I'm in the middle of nothing. And mm-hmm. I said, I know this Beth Canada now. Okay. So he said, You get off, you, uh, you, you, you can just get. It. He started, you know, he wanted to go on a second trip or something like that. So obvious. So, so I had nothing to do. I immediately got my bags. Okay. And I kept on the footpath just uh, opposite these steps of the Beth Canada. On the sidewalk, really? Yeah, on the sidewalk, on the footpath, you can say. I mean, what what more you can do? I mean, the person is not handing you keys, he's not understanding, you know. And you have just given up your bags from the cab, and the cab driver is hurrying. So, what do you mean the cab, cab driver is hurrying?
0: The cab driver wanted to leave.
1: Yes, yes, he wanted to leave because I came. I just told him that just wait for two minutes. I'll speak. The plan was I thought that I'll go and speak with him. He'll get me the keys, and immediately I get down my bags, and I'll get in. But right. it did
0: not happen as we think about it. All right, so um, <clears throat> I just want to interject here because this this um, interview does go on for a long time, but it really sets the tone here. Now, what um, Avram is telling us, if you guys didn't understand, he does have a heavy accent. But what happened was, he got to Israel. He got to the airport. The Jewish agency greeted him and helped him and got him, gave him his Zahut, gave him a SIM card, and gave him money, all right? Then they put him in a taxi, and the taxi took him to Bait, Canada, and that was going to be his first home, probably for six months. But it was 1130 at night by the time he got there. He doesn't, he doesn't, know, he doesn't know any Hebrew at this point. The taxi driver basically said, get out. There was a security guard at the building who said, I don't speak English. And so he was stuck there in the middle of the night you know just moving to a new country after traveling for hours i mean an, an entire day um and his i guess he had luggage three huge suitcases and it was a terrible situation not a way to be greeted and not a good landing what happened was eventually somebody um heard commotion and came out i think a hungarian speaker hungarian person and um explained who he was and he knew he understood enough English that he could converse with the uh, security guard and I guess he spoke a little Hebrew, I don't know, but Avram was telling me that people are, don't understand him, they don't understand his English and even I had trouble understanding his English because of the accent, He's a different kind of accent than um, the Westerners, than, uh, than an English speaker from Canada or an English speaker from America or an English speaker from England, he, he has a different accent, the emphasis is on different words. So this has been a problem for him all along. Um, e- even further on, he tells me when he first went to the bank, and I'm just going to tell you this to s- summarize a little bit our conversation. The Jewish agency was great. You know, They got him someone to accompany him to the bank, to open a bank account. Who did they get to accompany him? Someone who speaks Spanish. I don't know why. That is ridiculous, but that's who they gave him. And he actually went through with it. And he he went to the bank with this guy who speaks Spanish. Nothing happened. Nothing could could occur. The banker couldn't speak Spanish. Avram doesn't speak Hebrew. And the Spanish speaker didn't have enough English or Hebrew, apparently. So what did he do? He made another appointment for uh, something like six days later. Now, this is all very frustrating. Um, Another issue, I believe, is his roommate. His roommate is Argentinian. And when he met him and he got there, he had to get the key. And that was a whole difficult conversation. He told me they were using Google Translate to communicate because even though in Argentina I know they speak a bit of English, he, the Argentinian guy did not understand Avram's English because of his heavy accent. He was also complaining to me about um, people, the, the um, stores not accepting Google Pay here. And uh, so he had a long list of complaints. And... It was very interesting to hear because so many people on this show are English speakers who come from America or Canada or England, um, and they have a very easy time, a very easy transition. Uh, he even has family here, and he's having it hard because he's not depending on them. He's depending on himself. Now, all this he's going through could either frustrate him or it could make him stronger, and he's still here, and I think he's, he's doing well. Um, and he's laughing and learning and meeting these different people and making friends. And it's really cool. You know, he, he's at a an, an old-fashioned type of absorption center. This is the way people made Aliyah back in the 80s, in the 70s, in the 60s. Nobody at that time bought a home unseen. Nobody came here, rented a house. People came here and lived in these absorption centers with their families in a small apartment with other olim from all over the world. My first... Um, home was on a kibbutz, Ulpan, and my roommates were from Brazil. And the Ulpan class was with Russians and people from South America. And I was the only um, American, I think. Maybe there was one other person who spoke English, maybe another American. But my friends were from South America and from Russia. So he's having that kind of experience, and it's a very valuable experience. Um, But it is a long interview, and there's a lot... To uh, you know have him repeat himself, and it's a lot to listen to, and it's um very uh, disheartening, I think, in some way, but he'll press on, and we're in touch. And he's having a very different kind of experience, and it'll really make him stronger. His Ulpan doesn't begin until September. And that's one thing I wanted to mention here. And I hope he doesn't get mad at me, because I know he's going to be listening to this interview. But Avram was the head of his synagogue. He was a leading member of his community in India. But he doesn't know Hebrew. He doesn't know conversational Hebrew. And look how it's holding him back. Look how it is handicapping him. He is so advanced and so sophisticated in other ways. But the basic language didn't get and for all of you who want to come here it really is inexcusable today with all of our accessible our access access to um, foreign language workshops and private teachers and open online we're all on the internet there is no reason in the world why you should move to a new country any new country without some basic phrases in that language And that includes Israel. Just because it's a Jewish country doesn't mean you should come here and act like a baby. Doesn't mean you should come here and act like everyone should wait on you hand and foot. My little girl is 16 years old. She's working here in the store in Susia. And she tells me she hates it when people come and demand that she speak English. She's like, How dare they demand I speak English? They're in Israel. They should speak Hebrew. It's one thing to be weak, all right? And to have a very basic level and to try and to have an accent okay but to make no effort at all and to come here and expect people to speak English it's just wrong okay it's wrong we're adults have some you know take take the responsibility just like if you go to Paris or if you go to Italy and you learn basic words when you travel you take a book you learn basic words please thank you how much is that where is the bathroom can I have a cup of coffee these are basic things you need to know in every country you go to if you're an adult so you should learn these things here. Um, when I moved here, I learned three sentences. I learned you know how to say wh- wh- what my name was, where I was from, and a little bit about my background. So when I went on job interviews, I would be able to sound um competent. and what happened after I got my three sentences out, the person interviewing me would ask, "Is it okay if we speak English? I, I'd like to try my English." and so then it was just smooth sailing, you know, but I made an effort. And it helped. And I, I think all of you listening, and I guess, Avram, this does include you. Your opon starts in September. You still have an entire six weeks, you know, two more weeks of July, all of August. I know you're there with people who don't speak Hebrew. If you can, get out there and try and, you know, read and whatever you can do. <clears throat> Take it upon yourself to get started. There's just no reason in the world to be here and not speak the language. Um, you're a very intelligent person, so, so you can do it. You can't depend on apps. You guys can't depend on Google Translate. It just it's not the way you work. It's not the way you converse. Or you wouldn't converse with anybody anywhere that way. It's not right. You don't don't be so dependent on technology. Don't be so dependent on your toys and your phones. It's silly, you know? Learn to talk to people. Learn to relate. You can do it. Um, if you do find a common language and it happens to be english great but try hebrew you know hebrew is where you live you you decided to move to a hebrew speaking country so you know learn try just imitate just listen and start to imitate listen to the radio go to the promenade sit there and listen to people talking around you go to a store read the labels ask people Kama ze ole?" how much does this cost um uh you know how do I get here how do I get there basic basic phrases so that is our show for today Avram thank you for the interview I'm sorry I can't play at all um, but I wanted to get those basic stories you told me they were really fascinating to hear we just don't hear stories like that on the station I don't hear stories like that from anybody I'm actually talking to someone else I'll probably bring him on the show shortly Um, Someone who actually listened to the program, and now is in Israel, living in Efrat. He has a a sister here, I think, and so he's living with them. And he is a very different story, very easy where he is, very easy. And they're actually building an apartment for him on top of their house. He's a single, divorced, um, divorced father. I think he's probably in his 50s. His name, I just can't think of his name at the moment but just a very different situation. Oh, Larry, I think it's Larry. Very different uh, story. Very easy. Um, not at all like Avram. And, you know, I guess if you move to a place where you already have family, it's easier. If you move to a place where everyone speaks your language, is easier. And Avram took it the hard way. He did it the hard way. He's doing it all on his own. Like he said, he's the only Indian in that whole building of 100 people, 100 families. That's very brave. And that's going to make you stronger, Avram. And kola kavod for you. I'm glad you shared your story with me. And we will stay in touch. And um, you'll, be very, you'll, you'll be very successful here. You're a go-getter. And trudge on and you know, learn some Hebrew. And I'll help you as much as I can. And you're going to make friends easily. I know you already are. You told me. And it's very exciting to hear a story like that. It's exactly how it used to be. It, you really get a different sense of Israel that way. And um, it makes you stronger. And I think I started off talking about difficulties and challenges I'm having in my own life and how these things make us stronger. And Avram, you're going to come across um, people with other stories and you're going to grow from yours and from others. And you'll remember this. You'll remember this time. And it's very special. It's very exciting to be new in Israel, even though it's hard. And we all look back on what's hard. And what's hard for us is different, you know. What's hard for me is maybe not what's hard for Avram. And those of you listening have your own uh, stories of when you were Olim here and things that were difficult. But we grow from them. We do move on. And um, we eventually get to a point where we've been here for many, many years and we don't remember those things much at all. Or we remember them you know, through rose-colored glasses. And I think when Avram's laughing and telling me these stories, that's exactly what's happening. Because when you're standing in the middle of the street and the security guard doesn't understand you and you just moved to a new country and you're all by yourself and you can't get in, it's not funny, it's horrible. But um, he persevered, Avram persevered, and he will continue to persevere. And bahaslacha Avram, um, and bahaslacha for all of you making Aliyah this summer. And if any of you would like to share your story with me, please write to me at natalie at com. I love hearing from you, I love your uh, letters, your stories, your encouragement, and your, um, those of you who are loyal listeners, I do love hearing your comments. Thank you so much, and all of you have a great week. Hi, everybody. Um, had an interesting conversation uh, over Shabbat with my son. I had two kids home. My second boy, who's a chayal, a soldier, I think I've told you about him, He, um, he's great, and my youngest. Everyone else is away. So very small Shabbat, very small Shabbat. We could even have the table. Our table expands twice. You put in two leaves. If you put in two leaves, it sits eight comfortably with lots of space. Really ten it'll fit. But we had it all the way closed. So it sits like six comfortably, but four with lots of space. So it was very exciting to have only four people. Kind of neat. Easy. Easy Shabbat. i didn't have to make a lot of challah i didn't have to make too much food it was easy for me anyway um what i want to tell you was my uh second son was there and i asked him how much longer he had in the army and i didn't really i was a little bit nervous to ask him because i don't know if it would get him angry or get him upset i didn't know i didn't know And he said, you don't think I know exactly how much time I have? I know exactly how much time I have. And he told me there's an app for this. Um, And he has another year and eight months. He went in on August 22nd, 2022. Uh, My other son, on the other hand, only has four months left and he just hates it. He can't wait to get out. He hates it so much. He was in Janine um a lot and he was also just in again last week and he just hates it just hates it um they're in different units and they're having different experiences it's very upsetting you know to have one hate it so much and be so negative and the other one doesn't hate it as much is more positive but anyway um what i wanted to tell you was he told me that on he's in lebanon now on the border of lebanon and on his way to another base, the whole camp, the whole units together on a bus, they passed the Kineret. And he said, oh, it was so awful. We passed the Kineret on a Thursday. And it was Thursday afternoon and it's, you know, the traffic isn't moving. It's just pekakim, pekakim is traffic. Bumper to bumper, not moving, and all you see is people on vacation. And we all just started talking. You could hear the conversations on the bus, everybody talking about their greatest memories of being on the Kinneret. And it was interesting to hear that because I I understand. I understand, in um, in an Israeli's mind and an Israeli's life, not their mind, their life. The Kinneret is their beach where I grew up in Delaware. Everyone goes to the beach for the holidays, okay? A lot of people, either one beach or another. Um, Those of you from the Delaware area, from Maryland, go to Rehoboth or Ocean City, Bethany. People in Philadelphia, I think, go to New Jersey beaches. So the beaches is is where we go on vacation. So here in Israel, it's the Kinneret. It's the only place people go on vacation that's cool. They don't go to a lot for vacation in the summer. They just don't. It's too hot. summer the the water is good but people go to the canary they go up north and then they go the different the different sides of the canary there's the east side the west side the north the south and and beaches all around um and some of them you know some families rent houses and uh sometimes the not just one family they like the extended family like the grandparents will rent a house and then all the kids come from all over israel and this is a thing people do we do not as i've told you in the past we don't do that we don't have family here Um, And it's one hard part about being an immigrant, about being an ole, you're alone here. And um, instead of going to our parents' beach house, which we did my whole life, we don't have any house to go to. So we don't go on vacation here. We um, go, uh, we don't. I work at the pool all summer. My kids go with their friends to different hikes and vacations and they're angry. So that's how that's how I've dealt with that. Um, sometimes we do go to the States to visit my family, but that's uh, um, not every year, it's very expensive. And it's happening, uh, it happens less and less, you know, it happens, it, it's hard, it's expensive. Um, but why I'm telling you that is that it's a change when you come here, it's a cultural change. And I don't think I did a good thing by um, not going on vacation and by working at the pool all summer. I, I know I made a commitment to the pool, but I could have taken off, you know, four days, three days, rented a house for our family um, and gone to the Canarit, like all the other Israelis. I mean, my husband has this thing like, why do we have to be with all the crowds whenever there's a big holiday here? It's true. The roads are full, it's very crowded everywhere, it's it is it's horrible, it really is horrible. Um, but the kids don't care. I do notice this, like when we notice crowds, they don't, they don't care, it doesn't upset them, it doesn't bother them, they find that is part of the fun, they find that that is part of the action. I guess that's part of their experience. Also they, they just don't seem to care. Um, they want to be like everyone else. They want to go away with their family. They want to have a memory of renting a house with a pool near the Kinneret. Um, and they don't even care if it's a house with a pool or a tent. They, they want an experience away with their family like everybody else. And maybe we made a mistake in not doing that. I don't know. Um, but all of you listening who are planning to come to Israel and all of you who are already here and listening, <clears throat> I think it's um, worthwhile to do that, to do vacations here. I know a lot of Olim do. They do vacations here. Kola to them. I think we should have more. And I kind of wish we had. Um, Okay, so that's a mistake we made. And we can make up for it. You know, my kids are still single. None None of them are married. They're all teenagers. And we can start now. And we can do vacations now. We can do them during Rosh Hashanah vacation. We can do them during Pesach vacation, and um, you know it is getting harder because they're in programs. My two boys are in the army, my third is going to Mechina, and my two now are ones in the Upana and ones in yeshiva. Nobody's home. They all have schedules. These are important times of their lives to be with their studies and to be in their programs, and uh, you can't pull them out for vacation just because it's off season. You can't. You can do that when they're children. And I guess we should have. So that is uh, the wisdom I am imparting to all of you today. And I hope you, uh, you listen, and I hope it makes sense.